came on. Yeah, sure. Why not? Hi, I'm Luke Campbell. I work for a small wine company, and he's Luke Morris, and he works for a big wine company. Maybe. And together, we are Luke's Talk Wine, talking all things wine and booze and sometimes popular culture. Think when to drink, why we drink it, and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello, Luke. G'day, Campbell. What's what's been happening? Mate, welcome back after a uh, summer, the summer of love, summer of hiatus, summer of jogging. Um, did you have love? Welcome back. Oh, mate, we did have the summer of love. It was just, it was great times. You is, know, is this going to be too much information? I don't, I don't know if I want to hear about <laughs> it, mate. Oh, um, you know me, oh, mate. I'm a happily married man, and we just had fantastic times. You know, sun, oh, surf, gross. sand. Yeah. <laughs> You've already got enough kids, Campbell. Uh, it, was all, it was a great time. No, we do, I do, certainly do, yes, uh, have enough kids. Absolutely, Luke. But uh, we've, we've both been busy, but it's great to be back. Welcome back to season season four, everybody, um, to the listening audience. Hello to the listening audience, wherever you're listening. Um, and hello to you, Luke Morris. What's What's been happening? Uh, it's just, it's been weird. It's been weird. I've done, oh yeah, I've done a lot, of, a lot of running. There was one... Run the Tan was on in Melbourne yesterday. That's sort of an, an iconic event for people that don't know. It's, it's just the location, the Tan. Lots of people take part. I I found out this morning. I came first in my age category. Well, is, congratulations! Because cool. the last time we left you and where we left off is you were running repeatedly around Queenstown, and <laughs> sounds like um sounds like you just haven't stopped running. No, 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 no. Well, I did take a break after the marathon because you need to. Um, mm. And gee, I don't remember what we were up to after then. But yeah, no, I've I've done. I've I've kept uh, kept the 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 endurance events going and keeping active. Um, do do the antioxidants that uh, appear mainly in red wines? Do they help with uh, expediting the recovery of uh, said said jogging? I don't know if they help. Oh. Um, I, I, I know no studies about that. I I only know that uh, uh, if if I've done particularly well, like um, uh, break a PB or something, I don't I don't mind. To to be honest, going to a pub and having a counter meal and a and a and a pot tends to be the uh, the enjoyable victory result. But um, yep. why have have you heard some study about? Red wine gives you wings? Uh, well, I, I think it's just my dream and my belief that red wine gives you wings, Luke Morris, but I know you have been busier than a Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books so visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au, L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A.com.au. Have a great day. We are back, and uh, there's a lot going on in today's program, actually. Uh, 
As per usual, we have got um, a topic, this week's topic of discussion. I know we've got a listener question from Paul in the CBD. I assume that's Paul in the Melbourne CBD. And we'll have um, something about the booze we've been consuming at an alarming rate. But first up, I have got something for you, Luke Morris, which came across my desk and is probably pretty pertinent in these budget-conscious times. And that is, where is the sweet spot for good value wine? I know you and I on the program, on the pod, uh, in previous seasons, have covered what to drink, how to choose a wine by its label, and where to drink from, and why to drink diversely. But this came up actually recently, It's and it's a great question. What is the sweet spot? for good value now with all the talk about this you know wine glut and excess wine that wasn't going to china and is now going to india where do we get some good value i know you and i we we agree it's not going to be in pinot because pinot in that kind of you know any range under 30 bucks is out pretty much for decent value but where is the good value luke morris uh, twenty to twenty-five dollars is what it used to be. I didn't know that all the wine was going to India now. Is that what's happened? Well, there is, there is. Uh, you know, India has just started to outstrip the Chinese in population, and so a lot of producers are looking to the Indian market. It hasn't quite taken off yet uh, with the same vigor that what China was going through it, but it will. Uh, so yeah, a lot, a lot of people, lot, lot, the smart money, as they say in the biz, is going towards India. Oh wow! Yeah, but so the sweet spot, even are... worse food to match with Shiraz. Who, who would have thunk it? <laughs> Very difficult to match Indian food with Shiraz. Absolutely. Uh, um, but you know, you, you, know. Sw- you says one chicken <clears throat> won't stop us. Could have, could have worked, but um, I was gonna. Say... What's tikka masala? Tikka masala is not even Indian, is it? That's that's that was thought up in um, England or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but so the sweet spot for good value is twenty to twenty five. I reckon it's probably. I reckon it's probably slightly higher. I reckon it's probably that twenty five to twenty seven mark. So you're not too far from the money. Yeah, if- it used to be twenty to twenty five. Yeah, that's, that I remember that. Um, back about a decade ago it was something like that because that was where you, you could produce the juice and get it into a bottle and to market all on a sort of tight budget but to a high quality but because obviously inflation over a decade i mean people were still demanding you know buying ten dollar reds yeah you 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 gotta accept that you know, you got to pay more wages if 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 you want to if you want to you know make everything. Uh, not you know if you if you if you want to drive everything down an Uber market and 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 create a slavery economics, um, we can you know pay the minimum of minimum of minimum to people and you know live like that, or you accept that you have to pay a little bit more than ten dollars a bottle. You have to pay a little bit more than twenty dollars a bottle because of inflation. People need to eat food. And so, yeah, 27, 25 to 20, I would say now 25 to 30 would easily be the the benchmark. Yeah. Well, I think if you're, if you're drinking, you know, a couple of bottles a week and you want them to be good bottles, 
in that 27 to 30, whether you're drinking, you know, uh, great Cabernets and you should be, or, um, you know, a, a blended wine or a GSM, if you, you know, probably not Pinot really, realistically. Um, but yeah, you know, Shiraz, I can get some pretty good Pinots at around the $20 mark. There's really? Few, few, few and far between. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm 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 working at a company that does clear clear out of um of warehouses basically, and there's, yep. there's we're selling pinots at like twenty dollars a bottle that I I'd buy and drink for myself, not no stress. Yeah, but it it is it's it's a bit of a minefield, uh, picking pinots at that rate. I think you buy beware, aren't you? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So almost. Well, let's put it this way then. If you are buying a Pinot at under thirty dollars a bottle, you'd want somebody you respect to recommend it. Absolutely. If if once you start spending thirty dollars and more, there should be enough quality control within that price point to to be okay. Which is a different story to Shiraz, because you can get good Shirazes at twenty five, pretty uh, and above, pretty safely. But um, not the same sort of thing for for Pinot twenty twenty five and below. You really you really want to be picking the uh, the the needle out of the haystack kind of thing. Totally. So for the budget conscious, in recap, we are saying it is that kind of twenty seven to thirty dollar window uh, for those drinking out there. You know, a couple of bottles a week. Uh, the budget conscious. That's our sweet spot. Oh, we're in agreement, really, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. But I can I can I can launch that topic into a, a, another direction if you want to if you want to go with uh, the flow. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's move on, and we'll come back to it in a roundabout way. But uh, okay. I know we've got a listener question, and if people want to get involved, they can email us at lukestalkwine at gmail uh, I know Paul's emailed us today uh, about a question. And uh, he's been sitting on whilst we've had it been having our summer hiatus. And that is he raises the question of experiencing different smells in a wine, smells like um, uh, petrol smells or methylated spirits smells. Um, and what are these tastes and or smells and where and why do they come from um, is a roundabout Paul from the CBD's question. Um, what have you got for me, Luke Morris? Uh, so he's, he's smelling stuff that's not fruit. And that's, that's right. That's he, he, he's noting uh, the petroleum notes and the methylated spirits notes and, um, you know, uh, yeah, kerosene type notes that you might find in uh, some, I'm presuming, white wines. Um, yeah, I would suggest. I don't really know. This sort of is sort of like a chemical. It depends. Oh, hopefully, it's not some sort of cork taint or bacteria, because wine's a living thing. And and if you're using cork, which was a living thing, there can be bacterias live around them, which uh, you know, you can't you can't as much as wine making. I think it's one Lawton that is a food scientist. He tries to describe winemaking as really about growing something in the vineyard and making it as clean, keeping it as clean and and food handled appropriately from vineyard into a bottle. Um, outside of that, there's and and you can you can 
lose control sometimes on purpose, but yep. sometimes not. And you can get some funguses and some bacteria in there. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's not like, uh, this is a, this is a bow, but the, the, the uh, uh, there's a but like you can get a wheat beer banana y kind of skin character in beer that is a is technically a fault, but if they control it well enough, it can be delightful. And I, I assume there's 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 there'll be something like that with wine, but yeah, what's your take yeah. on it, Campbell? Yeah, well, the those kind of you know the, the petroleum and the kerosene and metho notes that you um find you know presumably in the the muskets or the riesling or the gewurz tremors of the world they're actually referred to as um oh we learned about this when we studied um oh gosh oh i just had it while she were talking there they're aromatic and they're aged um fets free volatile free volatile terpenes they are and a terpene is it's like a it's it's a it's a volatile terpene which is bound by the glycol by the natural sugars and they're only released when you get the chemical compound with the oxygen um and they they might metamorphous they might come out as yeah like methylated spirits or 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 petroleum in varieties like highly aromatic varieties usually like gewurz like riesling like uh pinot blanc these kind of characters and they become these distinctive aromas but they're generally only in certain grape varieties. And if you drink, if you drink a lot of Riesling, and you and I both do here on Luke's Talk Riesling, um, we uh, you, you note them, and I'm, I can't. You might better know, uh, Mori. They either particularly come out in the Clare or the Eden. I think it's Clare, isn't it, where they come out? I would just say it's a, it's a, it's a character of the grape varietal, so they come out anywhere. Yeah, I think it's more the aroma- us, yeah. I think it's I think it's more the aromatic grape varieties, but I've I've noted I noticed them personally, particularly when I'm judging wine more. I think it's clear, and it's got something to do with the sun ripening hours on them. Um, but yeah, I, I know the characters. Sometimes, like the characters, Paul can be really off putting, depending on what style of wine you're drinking terpenes uh you know can be both positive and bad like uh an, another great example of terpene would be the black pepper that you get in a cool climate shiraz from say uh, central victoria Th- these are kind of chemical compounds that are released through flavors that we recognize in a in a short um uh, you know short summation there are co- co- compounds behind the aromas is what i'm getting at don't forget there's also there's there's two other elements there's one obviously if you have a a wine that's cooked or stored incorrectly you can uh, separate the compounds and they can be uh faults developed through that or you can get accelerated aging which is why you might be seeing um age characters in a young wine if you've um exposed it to some rotten conditions but speaking of rotten conditions don't forget uh when you were talking about peppers and things yeah the, the eucalyptus in, oh yes um, yep. that just settles on berries much as uh what can you get you can get uh, the ash and smoke haze 
and yep. tainting characters can just settle on berries and you can't really wash it out. It's hard. It's a tiny, tiny part. And if it's eucalyptus from the Pyrenees or somewhere in the in regional Victoria, which is where it's most widely identified, uh, that can be great. Great. It's, it's, it's just a subtle character that flows on with the rest of the fruit and it's terrific and people love it. And if it's smoke taint because of a, a, a fire engulfing all of New South Wales, you know, n- not so good. <laughs> but, not so good at not all. Not so good. But, uh, you know, that's that can be they can be vintage and regional specific. And it is regionally specific. Like I said, with the Rieslings or, or yeah, as you aforementioned, yeah. Central Victoria and Shiraz, yeah. uh, some might go so far as I say the pyrazines in the Sauvignon Blanc of Marlborough. But these kind of, yeah, terpenes do um, come out in, in several ways. Paul, I hope we've touched on that question. What's the uh, weirdest thing you've ever smelt in a wine, Campbell? Roasted fox. Roast? Hang on. <laughs> How do you know what a roasted fox smells like? Now, that's not a story for this podcast. Uh, oh, is, be- this, is, this, is, <laughs> is this a true crime podcast that we're going to start? <laughs> no, no, we're not. The uh, roasted we- fox story with Campbell. I <laughs> know, uh, but uh, no, I um, yeah, I've smelled some weird stuff in in wine. I must admit, um, most of it is in wines of the old world. You know, they throw up those kind of animal, meaty, yeah. herbaceous yeah. Ar- aromatics. Um, yeah. yeah, but what about you? What's the weirdest thing you've smelt in the wine? Not fox. Gosh, I can't compete with roasted fox. I still want to know what kind of endangered species hunt you're on in order to get yourself a roasted fox. You asked the way you the way you describe it, it almost sounds like you halfway through the meal just went, oh, I think we cooked the dog. <laughs> Oops. You asked, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Um Gee, rabbit hole. Is, speaking of foxes, right? Did you do it on purpose? <laughs> hey, you're, you, you're the comedian. I'll leave the funny stuff up to you. <laughs> uh, cool. What about what? What about, What's the weirdest thing I ever smelt in wine? Uh, lots of metallic characters. I think. I think that's always the weirdest thing because you, yep. I know it's like the soil, like chalky metallic kind of soil, and you just think. You just, it just like it makes sense to be there because the the um the 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 juice is basically coming out of the soil and that's the elements that are coming up through the soil and that's it's going to in some way be part of the the process, but the fact that you can smell that, yeah, that's 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 incredible more more so than weird because you know there's there's a reason to it i, I don't, it's not like uh, that beer that is pumped through a, a watermelon and is watermelon infused beer where you have a a, a roasted fox infused wine but uh yeah i i, I think getting the, the this chalkiness in wine and it being appropriate Yes, no. Any time, any time you taste any of those wonderful, you know, rieslings of Germany or whatever, you can literally taste the slate or the the 
yeah. you know, or, or the wines of Chablis, and you taste those the, the gravel bed minerals and the oyster shells. You know, the, it's pretty amazing when it's that transparent. Absolutely, you do get some funky stuff. Hey, are you across this? Just one final thing: Are you across this topic of the Prosecco Wars and how it's affecting our producers here in Australia? Just the sheer fact that they're naming their Prosecco Prosecco and not naming it after the variety. Are you across this? I always thought Prosecco was the variety. No, Glera is the variety. G L A. Um. Yeah. So. That's this right. has kind of just been bubbling along in the background. Um, it's like champagne. Well, it's it's the same, right? Yeah. Um, you know, or pecorino, or parmesan, or port, any of those things that we've gone through. But it's it's a probably a bit bigger than that, only because the prosecco industry here is wider and deeper than any of those that have gone before it. Um, yeah, it's just just interesting, like. It, it's yeah there's some strong negotiations going on i'm just um yeah i've just been following it and obviously some stuff popped up la- late last week and over the weekend about it and i thought leaky morris might be across this uh no not really i i i hear that kind of stuff and i just sort of think <sighs> it's all a bunch of people getting angry that they can't you not like and you know people will still use the word prosecco anyway and i don't think people know what the word prosecco means Mm. Like I have customers is they they want to drink a prosecco, not an Australian sparkling, and it's like, but they want they want a wine that's labelled prosecco, but they don't want it like it's a sparkling wine. I mean, how it's not different. Like it's just a word. It doesn't mean something uniquely different. It's not like saying method champenoise. There's a it's just a generic. I know, it's, it's, it's Prosecco really just refers to the fact that they're using the Italian grape as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't know what what other, if in Australia, I don't know what other reason people use the word Prosecco on, on their their wine. It's not a fine bead. It's not a bigger bead. It's not a, I can't think of anything. No, well, it's, you know, in, in Australia, it, it's often... Off dry, um, you know, it's often it re- does represent a different flavor. It's probably, um, you know, obviously in Italy, it's the town or the province in Trieste, and you know, been around since the 16th century, so it means it's, something it's to them. The, but... It's the different, yeah, but in Australia, it's the different flavor is the reason we use the word prosecco purely because it identifies that grape varietal, which is unique and distinct as compared to. Are they great varietals? There's no real difference in the wine making. No, no, there's not. I, I would hazard a guess. That, I would hazard a guess calling a prosecco in Australia has a n- negative connotation. Like, if you think of Australian sparkling wine, there are some great Australian sparklings. If you think of Australian prosecco, all of a sudden I think of cheaper, lesser sparkling wine. Like, oh, you know, but there's plenty in the King Valley that would argue they make pretty good bubbles. I, I don't I don't don't disagree with you personally, but I'm saying that the the general punter out there, consumers, um, and and get involved in, in this, listeners. If you want to get involved, you can DM us on um, Luke's Talk Wine on Instagram, or you can send us an email. Get involved uh, in the 
conversation. But I would argue, Luke Morris, that uh, there is a negative, generally perception-wise, there is a negative connotation to it. I know there are some good ones out there, but there aren't, they're few and far between. And what, so customers want an Italian Prosecco? I think, customers, I think customers, when they're buying something labelled Prosecco that's domestic, are buying it because it's generally a cheaper example of Australian sparkling wine. They're not buying it because it's slightly off dry, grown in the high country, minimal intervention, sparkling wine produced in a protected area of the King Valley. So then what's the not what's the what's the debate for? Why why do why do why is there so many people up in arms about losing the right to use a word that well isn't benefiting but, them? Prosecco has been recognised as the name of the grape and the name of the place and a geographical indicator in Italy since the 16th century. So it'd be like yeah. you, you and I ripping off, I don't know, Dunlop Volley as a brand and calling it our own. Yeah, but if people aren't buying Australian Prosecco because of the word Prosecco and they're buying it based on price, why is Australia care? Why, why, why the fuel? Well, so, yeah, well, that my my argument exactly. I, the 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 furor is from within, and I'm I'm saying exactly that. I, I wonder why they're even worried about it because uh -huh. if they were to call it something else, I think they would be better. In, in saying that, uh, the the producers of sherry and Rutherglen and Topaic, um, Topaic, and you know that they might argue that because that's all but killed their production really yeah i and i remember uh when australia wasn't able to use the word champagne anymore and somebody came in and asked like what what alternatives could we come up with what's what's an alternative because sparkling wine sounds really cheap it's just because it's so un and there's no identifier to it it's just sparkling wine and the People I was with was just coming up with the most bogan answers to the question. Oh, we could call it bubbles. Oh, you call it, call it sparkles. Aussie spark sparkles. I was just like, it's not really. There's no real classy. There's no. There's no nothing classy about any, any alternative to the word champagne, is there? No. Really. Can you think of a classy alternative to prosecco? No. no, not off the top of my head. So we've always just got to go back to using sparkling white wine. Spark <laughs> sparkling glare. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, I don't know what you'd call it. What sparkling glare. That would actually don't work. Do that. Yeah, sparkling, maybe. Sparkling white means nothing, but sparkling glare, there's, there's, a, there's an element to that. Yeah, there is. There, there is an element to that. Yeah. Anyway, let me think about that. Um, mate, moving on, finally, one thing I want to know, actually, um, from the great Luke Morris is what have you been drinking? Uh, not, uh, not, not, nothing really to, to report. I was going to mention earlier <laughs> when we were talking about um, uh, wines and high demand. There's so much wine out there at the moment. I've got people trying to auction off wines. Looks like auction prices are going down because I've, I've got, just today, I've had people sending me 
list of wines to try and sell. And I don't really run a secondary market shop, but that's what I've just heard that there's so many offers because of the climate. I think I was, that was when you were talking about shipping wine out to India. I was like, there is a lot of wine out there. There's a lot of old wine and there's a lot of people feeling the pinch of interest rates. There's just a lot of booze going out there. Mm. Um, but I guess I'll give a plug. I haven't got the email in front of me because I've had to shut down a, a computer. But I think it's um, uh, the the website's Wine Racket, W I N E R A C K E T. I got I got sent this dot com dot au. I think that's a company that uh, uh, started up because a whole bunch of people lost a lot of money. Um, artists effectively lost money during. Um, pandemics and things and so they started up a wine company where all the the wine labels are sort of designed by artists that they know and yeah. um they're selling them in like three packs and six packs it's like mclaren vale shiraz and apparently they said if, if any of our listeners want to go check it out wineracket.com.au i think it is um uh they gave us a discount code or some codes used oh uh LTW33. Luke's look 133. I don't, I, I look, I've lost the, I don't have the email in front of me. I don't know. Uh, I'll do a bit of service next time if anybody writes in and says, give us those details again. What was the deal? I missed it. Luke, <laughs> why, what was going on? What were you rambling on about at the end of the, can you, can, if you write into Luke's talk one at gmail.com asking for more information, I'll get you more information. As it is, that's what I'm giving you. <laughs> How about you, Boom. Campbell? What do you got going? What have I got going? I have um I have put off I have been putting off things and and and, and shipping things around, you know, and and pulling stuff out of the cellar and putting it back in just to drink shabbily. I just I just cannot get enough of the stuff at the moment. Light, dry, um, you know, just quintessentially refreshing Chablis. Chardonnay in its purest form, no oak, real fruit, flat out. In particular, <laughs> actually, I've been drinking the Louis Michel AC um, 2019. Oh, yeah. Absolutely distinctive, white florals, white notes, just bloody lovely. Can you get that at Vinified? I'm sure if you email me at luke at vinified.com.au, I'll be able to get you some. It's about $45 <laughs> a bottle. And and like-minded, if you want to know anything about what's going on or what's going on at Vinified, you can look up at www.vinified.com.au and see all of our courses, upcoming events, uh, or alternatively find me on the gram at vinified underscore wine underscore services. But uh, Luke Morris... I think that brings us up to time. Do you know, and... whenever somebody says, find me on the gram, I just assume they're on drugs. <laughs> I've got a gram of this and I'm just, you'll find me on it. <laughs> you know, you do you. Very and good. you do you. But it's great to be back, Luke Morris. Uh, hello to the listening audience and hello to you. But in the great words of Tony Barber, keep smiling and bye for now. Vinified are the wine cellars specialists. We're Australia's only personal sommelier service. Our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar. Our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers 
all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine. www.vinified.com.au Mm. Yeah.